In this episode, we will be discussing suicide as it relates to the history and potential hauntings at one of the locations mentioned. If this is a topic that could potentially harm or upset you in any way, feel free to skip this episode. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline will be listed in the description in the event that you or a loved one is in need. Happy Halloween. What's that from? That song is from Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party at Disneyland. It's like a Disneyland Halloween original and it freaking slaps. (laughs) It is such a good song. Um, But anyway, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween one and all. Thank you all so much for joining us on this super special episode of Ghost Light. I'm Chase. And I'm Lena. Today we're going to be covering North Carolina and their infamous haunted Bermuda Triangle of locations. So mm-hmm. today's episode, I'm very excited. yeah. So we're covering a little bit more. It's going to be longer. It's going to be hopefully a little bit spookier. Halloween. Um, all yeah, all the, all to celebrate Halloween. And speaking of celebrating Halloween, Lena and I. Um, <laughs> So as we've mentioned, we are we are recording in quarantine over Zoom, um, and we actually have our cameras turned off because each of us have dressed <laughs> have dressed in a costume to surprise each other with, but uh, neither of us know what the other person is dressed as. So we're gonna do a reveal um, live. On, <laughs> we're gonna do a live reveal, and yeah, um, should we just kind of like go yeah, for guess, the reveal and guess yeah, guess who's it. who? Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, but we have to do a countdown or something. Okay, let's do countdown from three, two, one. Then press start video. Okay. Yeah? Good. Okay. 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 <laughs> three, two, one. Start video. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you look so cute. <laughs> so do you want what? <laughs> Wait, I'm you need dying. my talk. Okay, let's describe to everyone what we're looking at. Okay. Um, before I guess who you are, which is so obvious, but you <laughs> look so cute. Okay, Lena, she's wearing a brown. Oh, no, that's her actual hair. That's not a wig. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you just did some cool things with your hair here. Um, that's what was she's falling a, before. a very short, brown, round bob and cute little aardvarky ears with a white shirt and it looks like a pink sort of top dress um going over it it's a dress oh my gosh okay so i i will give everyone a second to really visualize that <laughs> and i'm gonna go for my guess which is dw from the hit show arthur yay so good DW. you look just like dw it's oh my God, crazy really? no Jeez. dead ass like you look like dw oh that's God. a good costume have you ever dressed oh. up as dw before no but i thought about it last halloween i remember you thinking about it Oh, I oh, I was like, I hope he doesn't remember that I. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but I mean, it wasn't on my mind. But no, right, you right, look, right. you dead ass look like DW. No, thank you. That Maybe is I an should... incredible costume. You should literally do this, and Anthony should be Arthur. Oh no, they're brother <gasps> and sister. Oh, oh, oh wait, no, oh, they're brother I, and I sister. I just got excited, Sorry. but yeah, that's bad. Um, no, I'll be going alone as DW because she is <laughs> independent. Period. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like really like. Well, this is a very Zoom costume because if you looked at oh, me from yeah. the back, you'd oh, be same. appalled. Yeah. <laughs> and if you I looked at like my bottom half, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you looked bottom. at my bottom half, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's just talking heads only at this yeah. point. Um, um, okay, so but let me describe, describe what, what I look like yeah, for yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, oh my God. I honestly like don't know. Okay. Motions. Okay. I'm trying to like He's act like out writing. a scene for you. Okay, okay. So I'm looking at Chase with um like big glasses and blonde a blonde wig that's like shoulder length and kind of <laughs> kind of like crimped <laughs> with um bangs and a, a a pink pink dress with like 
shoulder pads or like top or something and um, a pink a pink headband like bow and a fuzzy pen and a notebook and I like want to say you're some kind of Sarah Paulson character <laughs> <laughs> because I feel I wish I were I should like, have been yeah but I actually I have don't to, oh my god I'm like ashamed am I gonna feel stupid no, because I will actually know. Let me or, give you another. Do hint. I love this? Let me give you a hint. Okay. Everyone loves this. A, and and B, they, this wig is not styled for the character. This is the only blonde hair I could find in my little wig collection. I don't if, know. Listen, honestly, no, honestly, I think you're thinking about it too much because I think honestly, people listening to it right now will be able to guess. Just think about like literally, just go down the list of what you just said, and it's like, and just like think about a character who like is known to have all of those things. Like a librarian of some kind. Okay, you were you were like you were getting closer and closer, and I'm living. <laughs> um. Okay. Wait. Okay. Do the mo- do the stuff again. She's like, well, I don't. I mean, she. Do- I assume she does this. <laughs> <laughs> He's just writing in a notebook. <gasps> Is it a cartoon character? No. What the hell? I don't know. Um, Should I know what, this? Like it's hard. Do you know that quote? Yeah. What? Like it's hard. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. It's the hair. <laughs> the hair threw me. The hair threw me. I know, I tried it. Yeah, that's it's why I said don't take There it is. There it is. <laughs> I love that. That is so funny. You're I, right, I, though. I, like, just describing it. Right, you're blonde like, hair, yeah. pink yeah. this, pink yeah, yeah, this, pink yeah. this, pink this. Yeah. She's a pen. It's fuzzy She's pen. pen. She's taking yeah, notes. Yeah, fuzzy pen. Oh, no, yeah, that's the key. Was, oh, this thing. is the, the pen. The, yeah, that really the is wig, the key. though, I is do rough. feel a little ashamed of not knowing that. Um, no, it's, trust me. So I apologize I, if, to everyone if, and to you. No, if, if anyone else saw the wig that we were dealing with here, <laughs> they would not have been able to get it either. Um, I think little... we need to take a picture, though. Let me get my phone yeah, so we can put it on our Instagram. Before my ear falls. I'm very delicately put together. Okay, I cannot wait to post that picture. I am very excited. Um, it's very telling of the times. Actually, Lena and I are recording today's Halloween episode on August 20th. Yeah. So yeah, Halloween in August. We're doing it all for you. Doing it all for you mm-hmm. all out there. Um, it's, sorry, I, oh, I have to fix my ear. <laughs> my ear is falling off. Um, it should be interesting to see what we're doing actually on Halloween. Um, I, I do know, know that I'm gonna... decorating Oh, you're going to say that? Yeah. Like, what are we going to do for actual Halloween? I have no idea. I would like to set up a projector in the backyard so we yeah. can do like some outdoor fun. scary movies or something. That'd so be fun. fun. That'd be fun. And um, yeah. like carve pumpkins or something. Maybe. Cute. Okay. That's a really good idea. We should definitely carve pumpkins. I'm absolutely down to do that. And it's so easy to do in my backyard. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Right? Cute. We could get like Cute. a tarp or something. Absolutely. We hope that everyone out there is finding ways to celebrate Halloween and keep the Halloween spirit alive, of course, um, safely mm-hmm. and responsibly. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Happy Halloween. I know, it's happy Halloween. Weird Halloween, but weird Halloween, Halloween nonetheless. <laughs> Honestly, I-, I thought last year's Halloween was weird when it snowed. Oh, oh, I've yeah. I've never had a white Halloween, but that was a thing that happened. I have to turn off my self-view. I cannot look at myself <laughs> like this. <laughs> the smartest woman at Harvard? With okay. a bad, yeah, on a bad hair day, yeah. So anyway, how are you doing outside of um, how fabulous we look? How are you? How is your Ooh, day? It's been good. Busy. I have, like, more stuff to do after this for work. And mm. then we're playing trivia tonight. Cute. Can't wait. With you and me. It'll be fun. I know. I'm just for everyone out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I, I, forgot, I forgot we were recording a podcast. Deadass, I was like, I just was like, yeah, uh, yeah, I You're know. Like, I know. <laughs> um, no, but I love trivia. I was just telling, like, I was just talking to Nikki, and I was like, it's just fun because we just, like, sit there and laugh and have fun and lose every week, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It is nice getting going into something knowing that you are going to lose because you can't really, <laughs> you have nothing to lose when you're going to lose, so. Yep, that's true. Um. Nice. Um, how are it's you? Very nice. I'm good. I'm very. I actually fully convinced myself that it's Halloween between like the orange and black font we have on the script and uh-huh. us in full costume. I've fully convinced myself. That's all that it takes. I'm just. I'm there. I'm yeah. That's all it <laughs> takes is black, orange, and a bad and a bad costume. Um, but yeah, um, I'm doing good. I'm doing standard. I had therapy today, which was I'm doing always standard. Nice. <laughs> I'm doing standard. Yeah, so I'm good. I'm super excited about this episode. It's going to be mm-hmm. really, really good. It was prepared actually by me and Mercedes. It was yeah, the first double whammy. duo script prepo moment. 
Um, yeah, and so it's it's three it's three locations. So we're gonna get into those histories and those hauntings, and Lena and I are just gonna switch off. Mm-hmm. But I think first, Lena had a bit yeah. of an introduction to read by Mercedes. We do. Um, okay, so here's the introduction from Mercedes. Charlotte, North Carolina, is a city full of rich history and culture. It is also a city brimming with, you guessed it, ghosts. While there are many locations we could discuss here, the most interesting place to explore when it comes to Charlotte's ghouls is a place that has lovingly been deemed the Bermuda Triangle of Haunted Spots. Within one cross street in this bustling city lies three unique and uniquely spooky locations. The McGlowan Theater, a church-turned-theater in Charlotte's Spirit Square, the Dunhill Hotel, a modern oasis with an unsettling past, and finally, the Carolina Theater, a site of ruins which holds ghosts of days gone by. These three destinations, while being individually filled with specters, seem somehow eerily linked by both proximity and their unseen inhabitants. So rather than focus on just one theater this haunted Halloween week, we thought we'd take you along for a tour of Charlotte's haunted Bermuda Triangle to uncover the secrets of these spirits in the South. That was my that was that was my best southern accent ghost town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, first up, should we get into the history of the McGlowan Theater? Let's get into it. L. <laughs> oh, yes, DW. Hey, thanks L. for asking. <laughs> uh, um, let's do it. Okay. In 1909, a church by the name of First Baptist was erected. This place had it all. Stained glass windows, bumping acoustics. Basically, it was the it girl in terms of turn of the century churches. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, the acoustics of this church were so good, in fact, that the sermons and church music could easily be heard from all the way out into the streets. Hardcore evangelism. <laughs> no, yeah, evangelism seriously. made more efficient. <laughs> That's what Period. I said. Bring them um, in. Bring them in. Let them hear. And if you can't, and if you can't the bring them in, bring the word to them. Yeah. And that's what this place was doing. Sing it, and they will come. However, early in the seventies, the congregation decided to relocate, and the city acquired the building, initially intending to demolish it. But since it was like old, even back in those days, that shit was not going to fly in the community. <laughs> they were like not down. So a group of um, community leaders rallied and the church was instead restored and renovated into a theater. And it was acquired by the Spirit Square Arts Council. And Mercedes writes that she couldn't figure out why it was called the Spirit Square, but it sounds fun and spooky, which is like so funny. Yeah, Spirit Square. I will say it is it is a it is a, it is it's it feels like a deliberately spooky way to go about naming anything but i will say that i also think that it's probably something bullshit like like oh yeah like, he's got a lot of spirit he's got a lot of jazz you know what i mean like it's probably like something like that you know yeah where, right 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 you know? not like actual ghosts or something yeah, yeah but you know or like spirit like school spirit like town spirit or something that's true that's true that's very true. I doubt it's ghosts, but at this point, it might as well be named after ghosts because mm-hmm. of like this haunted Bermuda Triangle that everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. So then they decided to name this theater after Lunas McGlowan, which Lunas, what a name. Lunas. Um, and aside about Lunas, the space was named after him because he was a crazy talented composer and pianist native to North Carolina. And the whole state is like very proud of him, and for good reason. He's because he's very talented. So the whole state like loves Lunas. And therein lies, I think, the Spirit Square. True. I, if, if there's like a lot of music there, you know, it's like I feel like everyone talks about like the Spirit of Jazz and like yeah, that the type of thing. Of so McGlowan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in 1976, the McGlowan Theater was born. The new McGlowan Theater. Um, and this theater looks incredible. Seriously, it's got like stained glass windows and acoustics. Oh and, wow! Yeah, still they kept a lot of it, and it still has. It's been just been totally revamped into this like really sick theater space. It was dubbed a mixture of the sacred and the secular, in quotes, as it still held some churchy vibes, but was also for the arts. Yeah, this theater is gorgeous. Mercedes included some pictures. I'll definitely put them on Instagram. Um, and. Wow. I mean, it'd be so cool to see a production and have these like historic stained glass windows mm-hmm. or like, especially if like, especially if it was a show, like, I don't know, like a, some like, oh, like the pitch. What if it was like the exorcist? 
Oh yeah, I was gonna say the like, crucible so, or something. Yeah, something that'd be so fun. That'd be so fun. Yeah, some. Ooh, yeah. I think it'd be so. It does. It really just looks like a church, but yeah. a theater. And like, and that's also, so cool. by the way, I just have to say in like the, the ghost territory of things, churches and theaters have to be two of the most haunted things yeah. in existence. And the fact that this building has been both, uh, I think, really gives evidence to the fact that it's haunted. Mm-hmm. I mean, it support it supports the haunted claims. I mean, that's boop, that's a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. I can hear Gregorian chants from my living room <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> but also, like fun show tunes. And yeah, I know <laughs> you got the best of both worlds at the McGlowan Theater. Yeah. In 1997, the Blumenthal Performing Arts Center acquired Spirit Square, so the McGlowan then became a part of that. And basically, since then, they've been turning out. St- <laughs> And basically, since then, they've been turning out straight bangers. (laughs) (laughs) Writes Versettis. (laughs) The space is used for concerts, plays, and music events. It's a really cool venue, and I want to go. So that covers our history, our churchy history for the McGlowan. So to get into the hauntings, there is a fairly healthy dose of just general spooky activity that has very much led to the McGlowan having such a haunted reputation. Jeff Weeks, a theater technician who worked at Spirit Square, tells a story of when he was sit- setting up late one night and was walking to the elevator to go to the basement to get some equipment from down there. However, the elevator was already on the way up for him and the elevator doors opened just as he arrived. So he hadn't touched the button to call it. And it was an older elevator, so it was, wasn't automatically on that floor. And no one was in the basement to have sent it up. Once Jeff got down to the basement, he gathered his equipment and made for the elevator. Once again, the elevator opened right as he got back to it. A helpful ghost. The thing I love about this story is that this this means that that ghost was just like watching Jeff work night after night after night and was like, you know what? I'm going to make Jeff's job easier tonight. I'm going to look out for Jeff. I'm doing it for Jeff. (laughs) And that is so cute that a ghost like memorized his like pat you know like he always went here then he went here then he went here and he's like you know what i'm gonna make sure that elevator is there with him whenever he needs it and i just that's awesome Mm -hmm. so sweet sweet. such a sweet ghost yeah and like jeff was probably holding all his equipment so so his hands are full and and, and the ghost is like oh your hands are full let me get that elevator (laughs) door for you you. yeah so cute (laughs) um another former employee had another story about the mcglowan his name is Jesse Hardison, and he was the security supervisor and a ghost skeptic, much like Mercedes. <laughs> and he worked in maintenance there for about two decades. He felt wind blowing on him that he said he knew was not normal. Apparently, he and his colleagues would also hear bottles rolling down the steps, but when investigating, they found nothing there. Of course, we don't go looking for these things when we hear them, said Hardison. And Mercedes writes, I love that quote, very much the guy who survives a horror movie. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And also as a fellow skeptic, this is Mercedes still, I tend to just trust the words of self-identified skeptics in terms of ghost stories. That's true. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, that's, it's not fair, but it's true where Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I, even I will, I mean, I believe every ghost story, but um, most of them. But, you know, if someone says, like, I didn't believe in ghosts until I saw a ghost, then I'm like, tell me that story. Yeah. Because that must have been very real. I know. Okay. Then we have Nellie McCourt, who was a former security guard at the McGlowan. Nellie says she and others would hear children laughing and cake cans would be tossed down on security cards. Cake cans? Yeah. Coke cans. (laughs) (laughs) Nellie says she and others would hear children laughing and Coke cans would be tossed down on security guards when they were on the stage, which is rude, first of all. <laughs> and they also apparently often felt cold spots in the theater. I like that. I like that so a lot. So funny. Just like I love the idea or something. Just, yeah. Just and throwing I, shit. Give me, give me a, a ghost that throws trash. That's pretty great. I bet I they're like teen that. ghosts. Yeah. Just some teenagers Use. looking for yeah, out of Coke. Mm. <laughs> There are a few, as well as like, that was kind of general ghostiness that happened at the McGlowan, but there are also a few named spirits at the theater. The first one is the creature. Hate that. I know. I have to go, I have to interrupt right now and say, I scary hate that. The creature. Name. Nope. Nope. If I, if I got a job, the second I find out that my new job has a spirit and the spirit's <laughs> name is the creature, I quit. 
Immediately. I'm out. I know. It's like really scary. <laughs> the I mean, creature. It's scary enough to name ghosts. It's scary enough to name ghosts like the Lady in White, but to name it the creature gives it like a certain cryptid energy that I wouldn't be ready. I'm not ready for. Ooh, yeah. So the creature is said to move the ghost light around, according Ooh. to Robert Shoneman. I know. Mm-hmm. So fun for our podcast. Ghost light. Goose Stream light. ghost light. Stream ghost light. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, who is a former employee, said he was working one night and placed the ghost light on the center of the stage, then went down to the tech offices located directly under the stage. The layout of those offices being directly under the stage made it so that should anyone be actually on stage, it would be pretty impossible to not hear them walking around. So Robert wraps up his work, not hearing anything. Then before leaving, he looked at the monitor one final time and saw the ghost light had been moved from where he placed it. Like it was 15 feet away from where he Yeesh. placed it. No, so no, not no, no, a very no. easy mistake to make in terms of placement, right? Like right. the ghost no. light having been, the ghost light must have been moved. The next also, day. Also like normally, especially if you like work there all the time, you put the ghost light where you put the ghost light. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? True. And that's yeah. just where it is. So for it to just like all of a sudden be 15 feet away and you didn't hear anything move or anyone there, that's uh, pretty spooky. Yeah. The next day, when he told his coworkers about this, one of them casually said, "That's the creature." Ew! <laughs> that is so gross. I hate that. Oh my god! Like, who is the creature? Also, why? Why the creature? Because they don't sound bad. This is Ew, all that. That gives me the shivers, though. I know. I know. Oh, that's just the creature. Ugh! Quit. Yeah, what the hell? Also, like, this is all that she could find. Um, which is which is infuriating. On the if, creature. I mean, and here's the thing. If you're going to name something the creature, you better freaking have, like, story after story after story after story. I'm just saying, like, you know, if it's just, like, one, one like, little spirit who, like, moved to ghost light once, name mm-hmm. him Paul. Do not name him the creature. The creature. If I you're know, naming right, something exactly. the creature, that <laughs> thing better be dragging audience members by their ankles down the aisle. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing people around. Period. And Shoneman, Robert Shoneman, is a great source because he, like we were talking about before, is a true skeptic. A quote from mm. him is, the McGlowan is old and there's a lot of history. That's a lot of time for people to come up with all these crazy stories. And yet for him to have an unexplainable story, it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like the flavor. Mm-hmm. Also, some have reported hearing singing from the sub-basement, which brings us to the singing ghost. Ooh. Most people believe this ghost is a now-deceased former churchgoer that just really liked the acoustics, so much <laughs> so much so that they decided to come back after death and sing in the McGlowan for all eternity. <laughs> that is very cute. And also, um, good acoustics will do that to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everyone I'll has like that spot, like those spots. Yeah, it's period. <laughs> Everyone has those spots they like to sing. Oh my God. <laughs> Way to go. Also, know, I'm honestly, down for a, a singing ghost. I'm down for a. I take it back. I'm not down. Not down. I was about to say, like, I'm down because it'd be cute, but at the same time, I put myself in that moment and it's actually horrifying. Terrifying. And I don't like that. You just hear singing like from somewhere. <laughs> No. Oh my God. So Mercedes writes, what I love about this place is the idea of the sacred and the secular, which I love too. It's mm-hmm. like, That's because good. theater is much like church, just without the religion. <laughs> right, right, totally. So, yeah. Um, theaters and churches are often places with high emotions, and for some, both are seen as places of worship. The devotion on the sta- to the stage is often almost religious for actors so having one space serve as both religious and theatrical at different points in its history seems all too fitting which this is so true and this was the um like the henry david wong theater also was a church oh yeah yeah, yeah. but less churchy you know than this yeah but no this is exactly what we were talking about where like you know this would be the place that is haunted the one that was a church that Mm -hmm. is also that is also a theater yeah, uh, right. it's a uh, it's breeding breeding ground for ghosts, <laughs> and um, I would like to go there. And I also I'm also determined. Side note: This is just about Mercedes. I am determined to get her to fully believe in ghosts. We will. Do you know what I mean? Like I want I want I want like undeniable proof of ghosts. Like maybe like if like you, me, Leah, and Mercedes ever go on like yeah. a road trip or actually do like a, a haunted like a tour or thing. something, yeah, yeah, then we can get Mercedes um, on our side of things. 
Actually, I honestly, actually, all four of us honestly stand in somewhat different spots. Yeah, but true. I really want to get Mercedes like away from the non-believer. I think she's the most non, she's the least believing, and I would like to fix that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we <laughs> Not will fix on it. a maybe fix it on a field trip. Okay, so should we move on to the next haunted yes. location of Let's. the haunted Bermuda Triangle? So our next destination of Charlotte's Haunted Triangle is the Dunhill Hotel, originally named Mayfair Manor, which is a spooky name in and of itself. Yeah, that is. The the hotel first opened as a 10-floor slash 100-room hotel open to both traveling and permanent guests. It was located two blocks north of the city square, and the hotel was and still is close to a lot of the action in Charlotte. And before I get into anything else, I have to say that any spot that has both travelers and residents on board has to be haunted, right? Like there's something about the chaotic energy of having people that like live there day to day and people yeah. who are just like transient people just coming in and out. I don't know. There's something about that. I think that builds in a mm-hmm. way. You just know like I mean? a lot like, of I energy can... in and out of yeah, the space. I... Yeah, mm-hmm. like some some that's like really like stagnant and like deep rooted, some energy that's like really deep rooted. Mm-hmm. And then some people who are just like flitting flitting through, but like leaving <laughs> little yeah uh, residual energy. Yeah, and then it just mixes into this little like smoothie of ghosts, I feel Oof. like. Yeah. And mm, plus it being smoothie. like with all the like a part of this Bermuda triangle, so to speak, of like Literally. haunted places, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyways, the manor opened on November 15th, 1929, only about one month after Black Tuesday and the stock market crash of 1929. Now, despite opening at the top of the Great Depression, it is said that the hotel quietly thrived for its architecture, location, and interior designs. That being said, the Great Depression will be coming back into play once we get into the hauntings, so don't forget that little tidbit. We could never... After the death of its original owner in August 1937, the manor changed hands quite a bit until the Dunhill Hotel Associates purchased and renovated the building in 1987. Now, in 1988, during renovations of the hotel, workers discovered the remains of a dead body at the bottom of the hotel elevator shaft, including an intact human skull. The identity of the man's skeletal skeletal remains, as well as the cause of his death, remain unsolved to this day. Whoa! I mean, that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. And the elevator um, shaft. Oh, I know, like right? Like old, of all places. Yeah. It's like a fun old, not fun. It is died, like the but. next best thing. <laughs> then I know. It's like a murder mystery. Yeah. But, and like the next best thing to finding a uh, bones in an elevator shaft would be like finding bones tucked away in a wall. Mm-hmm, Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's on similar uh, in the same uh, field as that. Yeah. Kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Anyway, it, I mean, I will say though, it's also thought that the remains might have belonged to a homeless man taking oh. shelter in the hotel. So oh, okay. that's no, what they mind. say. But <laughs> I thought it was yeah. like a, someone like some kind of scandalous kind of thing. Like, yeah. That I mean, we don't know. That's the thing. It could yeah. be. It very mm-hmm. well could be. And with the hauntings of the hotel, I would not be surprised because True. they're pretty spooky. Uh, before we get into the spooky part though, I'll just say that the Dunhill Hotel is now described as a refined boutique hotel and it reopened in the fall of 1988 and is now one of the national trust for historic preservations historic hotels of america we should you know what else was a historic hotel of america what that one i stayed at with the freaking ghost footprints okay well that tracks yeah so i think we should just honestly stay at every hotel on the (laughs) historic preservations historic hotels of america list no (laughs) i actually don't know i actually don't know if i would stay at like a confirmed haunted hotel okay okay there i'm gonna we're gonna talk about that because i want to ask you if you'd stay at the dunhill after we get into the hauntings okay 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 so now on to the dunhill hotel hauntings happy halloween happy halloween happy halloween happy happy halloween as for the hauntings of the dunhill employees began reporting odd occurrences not long after the hotel opened Considering the manor was one of the tallest buildings accessible to the public and that it lived through the Great Depression, there were numerous suicides on site. The tragedies seen by the manor in its earliest days are thought to be a significant contribution to its hauntings. Yeah, I mean, that's dark, yeah. very dark. Um, but yeah, and, and it's also interesting. It is interesting to note that employees talked about like unexplainable things happening in the hotel, like from it's very beginnings. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, for a place to be haunted from the very beginning, it's only going to get ghostier. I mean, I hate to break it to y'all. It's just going to get worse. 
more specifically in the Dunhill is room 906, and it's said to be one of the most haunted rooms in the entire hotel. Mm. The founder of Historic Haunts Investigations stayed at the Dunhill in 2015 and upon investigating, found phantom smells, EMF spikes, and drastic temperature changes. While the lead investigator... Oh, I forgot about this part. While the lead investigator slept in room 906, she heard fingers tapping on her nightstand, (gasps) and her equipment was turning itself on and off. If I heard someone tapping next to my head on the nightstand, Mm -hmm. I would... I would literally jump out of bed and run. Oh my God, that is so scary. I can't, oh, I just got a shiver. I would run down to the, I mean, literally I would just run down to the concierge and I would just be like, listen, I need a new room. No, I need to check out. Oh, full Full check out. Yeah, no, that too. Full check out. I agree. I agree. Outside of room 906, the Dunhill has a resident ghost they call Dusty. Dusty has been described as a bit of a trickster. And to my understanding, has big peeves energy from Harry Potter. I don't know if you know who that is, Lena. Don't out me. <laughs> honestly, at this point, it's cool not to have read Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, honestly, you're right. <laughs> She's taken a nosedive. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, I agree. <laughs> uh, although Dusty is the main haunt of the hotel, many employees believe that there are far more ghosts than just him. Some general spookiness that has been reported includes ankle t- Oh. I can't even say it. I literally can't even say it. Includes ankle tugging in the... <gasps> I'm starting to cry. Includes ankle tugging in the middle of the night. Oh. And figures standing at the end of guests' beds. I have tears. I have tears in my eyes. If something pulled at my ankles while I was sleeping in bed... I literally... You guys... Everyone, I cry when I'm scared. And I'm crying. He's crying. That is so scary. I don't like that. Can you imagine no. an ankle tug in the middle of your sleep? No. Oh, also, that also brings up a whole, a whole thing for me. Um, My biggest fear, I mean, aside from ankle tugging, has to be that, like, when people talk about ghosts sitting at the foot of your bed. Do you, have you heard the stories like that? Yeah, when like I was in grade there. school. Yeah, when I was in grade school, one of my friends told me that he was, like, going to bed one night, and he felt... Someone sat at the foot of his bed and there was no one there. And ever, and he told me, and we were like, by the way, we were like nine. And ever since I was nine, I have never been able to get that out of my head. Never, ever, 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 ever been able to get that out of my head. Whoa. Oh, I would not, I wouldn't know what to do. I would have to move. Yeah. Well, that, okay, the tugging on the ankles is like worse to me because it seems like devious or violent in some way you know what I mean like and the sitting on the bed I feel like it's like obviously it's like if that happened I'd freak out but it's a little less like I don't know yet if they're like a bad yeah yeah at the very least it's um, less invasive yeah yeah Um, I can't handle it. And also even just, honestly, even seeing people at the foot of my, I don't need to see shadow figures at the foot of my bed. I don't need to see that. I'd rather see it than feel the bed dip. Y'all want to know something? After Blake and I went to Zach Bagans' haunted museum in Las Vegas, I had a nightmare that night. Oh, y'all should look up what's in this museum, okay? It's a cursed place. Anyway, I woke up. I know. I woke up from a nightmare. And in my nightmare, I woke up screaming. And in my dream, there was... I mean, maybe it was a dream. I don't freaking know. But there was this huge black figure with like glowing eyes Mm-mm. against the wall facing Blake and I in bed. And this was after visiting Zach Bacon's Did you museum. tell the everything to stay at the museum and not come home oh, with you? Oh, you bet your bottom dollar I did. Absolutely. That is so Absolutely. scary. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was not kosher. That Have you ever had it. sleep paralysis? Yes. Have you? No. Do you want to? No. No. It's what? A- <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's the wait. I got wigs stuck in my mouth. Okay. Yeah, we're still in costume. By mm-hmm. the way, everyone, we mm-hmm. did not take this off. We're no. dedicated. This isn't for to show. Our- <laughs> um. Yeah. Let me talk about my sleep paralysis. It's a quick story. Uh. Basically, I woke up and I couldn't move, and I knew that someone was. I knew I could open my eyes. Uh, but I couldn't move and I knew that someone was like standing over me, but I couldn't, I didn't want to see them. So I kept diverting my eyes, but I couldn't close Mm-mm. my eyes because I couldn't Mm-mm. move my body. Mm-mm. And I just remember I was just crying and, but I couldn't blink. You so can't even I close your remember, eyes? No. 
So literally, I just felt water going out, as water <gasps> dripping out of my eyes. Just tears were just falling down my face, and I couldn't move. Did the the like thing or whatever ever like it never move came around? Into view. Oh, no, okay. it never came into view. Which, but I dead ass knew. Did you ever look at it? Standing. You didn't look at it at no, all. No, I couldn't move, and I didn't. I, I a didn't want to, and b I couldn't even. Oh to. my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What yeah, is that? That is crazy. something, right? It's like you you wake up before your brain wakes up, or something. Yeah, I mean that's that's the scientific. Yeah, that's, what that's I'm the saying. scientific. That's what I'm yeah, that's the science side of it. But there's also like plenty of like supernatural, more supernatural like mm. explanations because also like. That scientific one fits, but I also don't think it's like entirely conclusive. Do you know what I mean? I mean, because it has to do with like the fact that no one knows what dreams are. No one knows what happens yeah, right, when you go true. to sleep. No one knows like, anything. People still don't know that. Yeah. No one knows anything. <laughs> no. Seriously. Um, all right. On that note, uh, let me see. Where are we? There is also a story shared online by a woman who is staying at the Dunhill with her husband. Apparently, her husband was in the bathroom brushing his teeth, and he could hear the sounds of little girls laughing through the bathroom <gasps> vents. So he's no. brushing his teeth, and he hears giggles. Would you ever stay at a hotel like this? No. Uh, no, I would not. No. No, you couldn't do it. Would you? No, not couldn't do it. Don't. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Didn't mean to take your power no, there. wouldn't do it. No, I just like yeah. really would not want to. No, I, I wig. Yeah, I feel that. Like why? Um, I don't know. I'd probably do. I would, I would stay one night. Just to like I've see. Already, I've already been touched by ghosts, seen ghosts, you know, talked to ghosts. I, I could do one night. Oh, I regret it. I know. I don't know if I could. It depends. If I did it with like a bunch of friends and we like rented out a suite, yes. No, then you all die. That's like the that's no like the di- opening no. to a horror movie. <laughs> Nobody's like a dying. group of friends goes to a haunted hotel. Fair point. <laughs> there are also many stories of things falling off shelves and objects moving on their own and stuff like that, including hmm. hotel room blinds opening and closing by themselves and a glass sliding across the bar on its own. The hotel is reportedly re- um, pretty open about its hauntings, although they don't advertise it. So if you if you do want to go stay in a haunted hotel or learn more about the hotel and its hauntings, definitely visit the Dunhill Hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that is my spiel on the Dunhill Hotel. Oh, that is so... That is freaky. Hotels are another. It's the, like yeah, churches, it's whole- hotels... Theaters. Theaters. <laughs> the whole the entire premise of our podcast (laughs) so let's get into our final location for this episode and that is the carolina theater and the carolina theater in charlotte was constructed in 1927 a note on that north carolina actually has a few theaters called the carolina which in fact confused mercedes when she was researching this um (laughs) because she wrote a whole section about the Greensboro Carolina Theater before she fact checked and realized that she was being an idiot. Just kidding. She wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) She wrote that. Her words, not Lena's. I will also say that is a testament to all of our listeners out there. We fact check ourselves. We Mm -hmm, follow up. Baby. We're not just we're not just throwing you random information here. We're there. We're here to provide top tier hard cold facts. Precisely. Anyway, we are talking about the Carolina Theater in Charlotte, which at the time it was built was actually the largest Carolina theater of any in the state. So the Carolina was built to boost cultural standing in the city. And initially it was built for showing both vaudeville acts and movies, which a lot of I'm realizing a it lot of comes back to vaudeville and movies. Yeah. And movie theaters. Yeah. yeah. Totally. At the time the theater was built, we are talking about late 20s. It was actually the only theater with air conditioning between Atlanta and New York. Wait, didn't we mm-hmm. just cover that? Where was that? What was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Biograph? Yeah. The Palace? The Biograph. No, the Biograph. The Biograph. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, okay, we just cool. covered that in the Biograph. The AC. AC will bring them in. Anyways, that was a big deal because it could manufacture its own weather, as they said back then, <laughs> which is so funny. Well, let's get AC so we can manufacture our own weather. You want clouds? I got clouds. You want wind? I got wind. (laughs) The Carolina Theater was also apparently dubbed the Cathedral to Entertainment. There's a lot of church energy in Charlotte. Uh A lot of church energy. I mean, at least in this triangle, there's some church energy. There is some theater energy. There's a lot of ghost energy. Yeah, a lot of churches. So because this theater showed movies and had vaudeville shows as well as air conditioning, it was the hotspot of the day. All of Charlotte's high society would hang out there and just be fancy <laughs> together, <laughs> dancing, watching movies, watching vaudeville. One um, of the things that the Carolina was famous for was hosting live performances. And one of the people that performed there was Elvis. 
Oh, yeah. And he stayed at the Dunhill Hotel. Elvis stayed at the Dunhill Hotel. That's wild. That's a big deal. In the 60s, the Carolina Theater underwent some major renovation to make it better for 35 millimeter films. Since the 60s was very much an era that didn't care for nostalgia, these renovations were all about out with the old and in with the new. So all the elegant art deco architecture from the past was gutted and swapped with modern sleek lines and minimalism. And with all of the charms stripped from the building, people were not happy, as you can imagine. And they hated the renovations and the theater started to lose popularity. Yeah, that's bullshit. I I mean, I get it. Like, they probably weren't, like, nostalgic or whatever. But how you're able to just, like, get rid of, like, all this gorgeous gorgeous (laughs) art deco decoration. I know. uh, Without preserving any of it is pretty messed up. Sad. I know. And imagine if it was art deco now, you know. Yeah, it would it would have aged a lot better. So cool, I love like that. Yeah. <gasps> wow, there's yeah, a there's picture. a photo. It's so pretty, mm, beautiful. Mm. I'll put it on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Wow, it really was pretty. What a mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, so they really fucked it up, and it started to lose popularity. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the sound of music came along, and everyone came to see it at the Carolina. Heard of it? Like the whole town. More people came to this movie than in the, that theater over its run than populated the entire city of Charlotte. Ooh. But, unfortunately, the theater's decline would eventually continue, and in 1978, the Carolina Theater was closed for good. Ironically, this was right around the time the McGlowan was getting a facelift and becoming a theater rather than a church. Apparently, the theater was so unpopular, even after closing, that some arsonists came in 1980 and torched the place down. <laughs> Yo. You have to really hate yeah, this you renovation. Must, well, <laughs> either, yeah, or you have to be that passionate about Art Deco. Yeah, right, right. So now very little of the original building is left, which is sad. Uh, bummer. Um, but there's hope. In 2017, ground was broken on a renovation of the Carolina Theater, which is being turned into a theater and hotel. Cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So giving both the Dunhill and the McGlowan a run for their money. For real. <laughs> like light, yeah, right they, across the they street. They saw the McGlowan. They saw the Dunhill. And they <laughs> said, we're going to do what both of you do, but better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but with renovations, often comes serious spirit activity. It's true. Mm-hmm. So who knows what stories will come with the opening of the renovated Carolina Theater. Oh, hell yeah. And it was it's supposed to open in 2022, I'm sure. That's their plans have been, yeah. But <laughs> ever no but, one knows what's happening again. Oh, literally that back to the hotel I stayed at, like a lot a lot of spirit activity sort of peaked or spiked or however you want to say it when they were doing like renovations in the kitchen and I remember reading stories about they were doing renovations of the kitchen and like just like all these kni- knives would fly <gasps> across the room oh, fly whoa. across the kitchen that's Isn't so that wild? intense or like they'd come in and like all like the tables and chairs would be like knocked over on their sides like oh my gosh listen if that's you're gonna freaky. do renovation y'all better get your paperwork in with the ghosts they don't like that Um, Okay, so for the hauntings, seeing as the Carolina has been shuttered ever since its brush with fire, the building itself is somewhat of a specter. Bill Freeman, who is a former lighting and effects technician, referred to the Carolina Theater as a little tea party with all sorts of guests. Cute. (laughs) Oh, my God. Such a cute way to say that such a scary thing. One presence that Freeman called Fred is a mischievous guy and he usually gets blamed for lighting failures as broken equipment, which seems to be like a convenient scapegoat. <laughs> Freeman is just like, oh, I fucked up the lights. It's Fred. Yeah. He's he's the lighting technician. He's like, oh, it's not, yeah. not working. Must <laughs> <Yeah>. be Fred. <laughs> hmm. uh, Freeman saw Fred on the balcony once and described him as a solid white figure. He seemed Ew. to reflect the light of the stage before he vanished back into the shadows. Um, so people in the theater respect Fred. When it was still operational, it became a tradition for the staff of the Carolina to bid Fred good night as they left the theater out of respect, which is so cute and a lot like uh, the New Amsterdam. Very similar to the New Amsterdam. And I think that anytime you're saying good night to your ghosties, that's it's sweet. Freeman also reported cold spots and saw a woman in period clothing, commonly roaming the balcony and moving seats. Um, And apparently the area near the orchestra pit has an unwelcome feeling, which may be the presence of an unhappy musician, which is so sad. So back in the day, there was a huge controversy when the theater stopped using a live band and instead used canned music. Before then, musicians were hired in the pit to play along with silent movies to provide a live soundtrack, which is so cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it was way cheaper to switch to a sound system. So at one point, a bunch of musicians just up and lost their jobs. So people speculate that the uncomfy feeling near the pit could be one of the disgruntled musicians who lost their job and hangs around out of spite. Uh, you know, I'd do that. <laughs> the level of the, the, the level of like um, pettiness. I know. That that- musician is going to i mean i i again complete alignment the last thing that mercedes included was that what seems to be the greatest tragedy of the carolina theater was its modernization that was when everything went wrong for the carolina when the theater lost all of the history and charm it once possessed who knows though maybe its life will be restored when it reopens and maybe that life will come in the form of the re-emergence of some of the ghoulish figures that supposedly lurk there which is a fun Mm. idea it is a fun idea. I would love to follow up. Maybe we'll revisit this years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe like when it reopens. Talk about it. Yeah. No, I love that. It's As a, good, a hotel and theater, may I remind you? There is going to be story after story. There has to be. Mm-hmm. Especially, again, it being a part of this like triangle of super haunted, right. highly active spots. Exactly. So for this week's Haunted Handout, we decided to cover the only the most appropriate follow-up to Charlotte's Haunted Bermuda Triangle, and that is the real Bermuda Triangle. Now, before we get into it, I just have to say that my, my, like, before I researched for this episode, my only background on the triangle was Scooby-Doo Pirates Ahoy. So, before <laughs> we get into it, Lena, do you have, what, what's your knowledge um, as of now of the Bermuda Triangle? Like, do you know, do you have any background with it? No, not really. Just that it's, like, a place where ships get lost and people die and stuff and it's in um one of the adams family movies they like talk about or i think the second one i don't know i just remember it from i associate it with the adams family for some reason that is so funny Mm -hmm. wait the one with joan cusack i think it's just like a line i think they just mention it oh okay love that like that someone is like in the bermuda triangle like vacationing in the bermuda triangle or something oh funny but like yeah i don't remember exactly but yeah for some reason i remember yeah the second one i think with joan cusack love it So, for those who don't know, or for those wanting a refresh, the Bermuda Triangle is a triangle-shaped section of the Atlantic Ocean roughly bordered by Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. The triangle is said to be the site of of an uncommon amount of disappearances of ships and planes, although many are quick to point out that the amount of disappearances do not occur more frequently there than in any other high-traffic areas of the ocean. So okay, why is this? The yes. Group? Why? Well, wait. I will say. I will say <laughs> that it's it's quick to dismiss it as that. But once you hear everything that I'm about to tell you, I think you might. I think there might be a little bit more of a gray area. Okay. Okay. Although the name Bermuda Triangle wasn't coined until 1964, the earliest recorded account of spooky things happening at it dates back to Christopher Columbus. We're not going to tell a story because screw that guy. But in, but instead, <laughs> I will cover uh, one ship story and one airplane story for balance sake. Cool. So the first story, we're going to go ship first. The first story is about the USS Cyclops. It was one of the Navy's largest fuel ships of the time. It measured at 550 feet in length and had a crew of 306. And it had a successful track record of traveling um, through the Baltic Sea, the Caribbean, and Mexico. However, in 1918, the Cyclops disappeared in the Triangle, seemingly into thin air. And even weirder is its last known message, which was, weather fair, all well. Mm. So the the last message received from this ship was, weather fair, all well. And then where did it go? And then where did it go? No, no one knows anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get into it. So anyway, two of the most haunting parts of the ship's disappearance are one, the fact that nobody on the ship sent out any distress signals, and two, nobody on board answered any of the radio calls from the hundreds of ships on in the surrounding area. And more than 100 years later, the fate of the ship, as well as the location of its possible wreckage, mm. both remain unknown. So not only did like no one knew what happened then, no one to this day, no one knows what happens. No one knows where the wreckage is, is. And I'm just saying like, but doesn't that happen a lot in the like ocean, like with ships? But normally they just disappear. You, but I feel like you recover like the wreckage or at least, or at least like signs of one of the 306 crew people on the ship. Yeah. True. True. There but like, so what do you think? What, what, what do people think happened? Like something ghosty? 
Well, we'll get into like the, the oh, okay. theories, okay. but uh, that I don't is, know. I, it I think is it's weird. weird. I just I'm still skeptical. No, and as you should be, but I do think that the is it is weird that there are like hundreds of ships in the surrounding area too, and like you know what I mean. Just communication could have happened, mm-hmm, and the, the fact mm-hmm. that the last I think I honestly I wouldn't really give it that much thought, but the fact that the last thing that was said was like fair weather all well. I know, so sad. It's, if any, if nothing else, it's yeah. so ironic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so now to move on to the airplane story which also happens to be one of the most famous accounts surrounding the Bermuda Triangle, and that is Flight 19. Mm. This doomed flight of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers took place on December 5th, 1945, and carried 14 men through a routine training exercise out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The planes were reportedly checked before the mission. The weather was reported to be fair, and the bombers themselves were nicknamed Iron Birds, due to their tough design and ability to hold up in battle. Mm. This mission, led by Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, started out just as successfully as the previous 18 did that day. That is, until the second leg of its journey. Shortly after its start, Lieutenant Taylor became completely lost in the triangle, Mm. claiming that his compass had started to malfunction. He radioed the air station in a panicked voice, anxiously trying to make sense of where he was as there was now a front of heavy rain, cloud, and wind surrounding him and his men. One pilot's emergency transmission reads, and I quote, We can't find west. Everything's wrong. We can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange, mm. even the ocean. Scary. Now, yeah, and I'm, and I'm well aware that the, you know, the triangle might be a bunch of hocus pocus, but I don't know how all these pilots, Navy pilots, we're saying that the ocean looks weird. If a Navy pilot is saying that the ocean looks weird, like that's what they know. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. how would the ocean look weird to a Navy pilot? I get it if it was like an Army pilot, but a Navy pilot? <laughs> Their know, life is weird. the sea. Well, and the fact that and the fact that there were 18 other missions that day that went off right, without a right, hitch. Right. That's weird. That mm-hmm. is weird. Mm-hmm. The weather was fine. Weird. 18 other things went off fine. What, why do people, have there been any, like, when saying what, well, I guess my question is, if it's true that other places in, like, the ocean have the same amount of disappearances, why mm-hmm. don't people talk about those the same way they I, talk about this? Do you know what I mean? You're really, you're really gonna, you're really gonna hold on to that, aren't you? <laughs> but that's what, that's, isn't that, like, just the numbers? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't pull up any, like, stat stats, but I will say, like, that is that is an argument people make when they are trying to disprove the Bermuda Triangle. So you're valid and you're valid. It just makes sense to me. I just have no idea. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Like but, Amelia Earhart disappeared and <laughs> they couldn't find her. <laughs> right. But, but, but what I'm thinking is like, oh, but what I'm thinking is how it's like, how, how they're not able to find wreckage. That's, that's the thing that is so weird to me, how they're not able mm. to find any evidence or any wreckage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what's weird. I mean, I feel like people aren't talking about the so other ones because they're not finding maybe. maybe, but wouldn't you think they'd find it? I don't know. I think it's weird and I think that other people don't talk about the other like airplane crashes in other parts of the ocean probably because they make more sense and they can find wreckage. Mm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, about 20 minutes later, later, the lieutenant sent his last transmission saying that they were completely lost and the Navy sent out a pair of PBM Mariner flying boats to rescue them. And then one of the, one of the rescue aircraft <gasps> disappeared oh, off the radar. No. So while it's believed that the Mariner exploded shortly after its takeoff, the remain, so the Mariner is the, the um, rescue boat. Mm-hmm. So some people believe that it just exploded right after its takeoff. Um, the remains of the Mariner and it's 13 crewmen were never recovered. <gasps> wow. And as for the fate of Flight 19, the final official Navy report literally states, quote, we are not even able to make a good guess as to what <gasps> happened, end quote. Whoa, that's the official that is report. Freaky. I wonder but what do you saying, think it is. No, I know. Like, I'm just like, it, what? It must, it must be weird if like the Navy, like I feel like the Navy like would try to make sense of it somehow and just be like, oh yeah, like it was probably just like a beep, bop, boop, bop, and then put it in the report. Yeah. But for them to be like, we don't even, like we, we have can, no idea. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is wild. And like also the fact that like nothing has been recovered, like bodies and stuff yeah. too. Yeah. But okay. But yeah. I think that maybe that can be, I still, I'm still holding on to 
that that you can should. be explained and you should. You by should. like if it's such a crazy place for like storms and hurricanes and like right. whatever totally. like we haven't even explored half of the ocean like you know what i mean i i compl- i am very much in alignment with what you're saying um i think we should get into some of this, the the explanations around things and i think like what they we'll are check back in yeah okay, we'll okay, check okay. back in on on your on your thinking okay as for the theories explaining the bermuda triangle there are many the more scientific theories argue that the triangle is simply a bad spot for weather, flying, sailing conditions, seeing as most tropical storms and hurricanes pass through the triangle. There are also theories on magnetic phenomena in that area that, combined with electrical storms, could be responsible for malfunctioning machinery and radio interference. Hmm. As for the more supernatural theories, those very much range. On one hand, we have the last city of Atlantis, um, which some believe was an entire city that fell victim to the triangle. The theory goes that the technology of the sunken city of Atlantis is so advanced that it is single-handedly responsible for the malfunctions happening to the ships and planes above. Some also believe that those lost in the triangle are brought into Atlantis as new citizens. <gasps> Stop. That is so fun. It's pretty fabulous. Like, it's a very fun theory. I will say it's it's a hard one to sell. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. I guess hard one to buy for me. But it's uh, my favorite, though. I want to. It's I pretty wanna, fun. I would go into the Bermuda Triangle just to become a citizen of Atlantis. Period. Literally at this point <laughs> in 2020, <laughs> I am I am surrendering myself yeah. to the city of Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to literally like just tie. A, yeah. I'm just going to go for it. Um. Two other theories attribute the triangle's mysteries to it being a gateway to another dimension or to alien activity. The portal slash black hole theory attempts to explain countless inconsistencies with travel times, while the alien activity theory attempts to explain the disappearances of so many ships and planes. And I will say something that makes me really think about the potential alien involvement is the fact that the Navy has its own Area 51 testing area and is located on the cusp of the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, so Which like, I didn't do you think know. they're like looking into aliens in the Bermuda Triangle? I'm just saying like it's literally nicknamed as the underwater area 51. And like <gasps> if it looks like a government cover up and it acts like a government cover up. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Whoa. OK. I mean, I'm not I'm not above aliens. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just saying the theory like, of aliens being aliens could just be popping in and just going. Yeah. And sucking up little ships and planes. I don't know. I don't know either. When this I say one, it out loud, it's a little bit yeah. out there, but I don't know. I also think that the fact that the Navy has their own Area 51 is very weird, and the fact that they located it right where they did is very weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's weird. Like, why do it there? Why do it at the on the cusp of the Bermuda Triangle? I mean, maybe because they have the same like theories, and they're like, you know, like maybe they don't oh. know, and they're just so, researching okay, so it. yeah, so like yes, exactly. So there's like there's validity in these, and also again like. I know I laughed about uh, Atlantis and uh, I don't really believe in it. But at the end of the day, like stranger things have happened and we have not explored like a crazy percentage of our ocean. So I would not doubt like yeah. there's like some like. I mean, yeah, there's everything is possible at this point. <laughs> true, true. I don't know. I still stand by that. Like, I think it's just storms. Yeah. But who am I to say? Well, I want to th- hear from people who have like survived it. The Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Well, there are people, there's people that say things like, um, there's one person who was flying and they were supposed to get into town and like, it was supposed to take them like 40 minutes. And then all of a sudden they were like right above their desk. It, like it got really cloudy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like they found that like when the clouds cleared, they were right above their destination and it had only been like five minutes oh so like there's there's people that say some weird shit like that where it's like it should have taken me like an hour and a half but i got there in 10 minutes whoa like weird thing Mm -hmm. so that's like so that's why people talk about it being like some sort of like black hole yeah like like wormhole or something gateway to dimension yeah 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 yeah. but anyway that's the bermuda triangle i hope you all enjoyed learning a little bit about that um and yeah, I think that kind of wraps up today's episode. Happy 
Halloween. Happy Finally, Halloween. hearty, happy Halloween to everyone. Uh, a uh, hearty Halloween. Ha ha. To all. Uh, definitely um, tag us in your costumes. Let's see your, let's yeah, see your costumes. It'd be kind of fun. Like it's some social media. We'll be on socials all day to celebrate Halloween. And yeah, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And feel free to check out other CTC podcasts as well. And if you would like to further support our podcast, please rate us and leave a review on whichever listening platform you use. It helps a ton, not only with the content we create, but it also helps the podcast out in the charts. And as always, please, if you are not already, follow us on Instagram at ghostlightctc. And should you have anything that you want to share with us, any spooky stories or things like that, theater related or not, feel free to send them our way to ghostlightctc at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you all have safe and spooky Halloweens. And don't forget today, more than any day, to leave the light on. Mm-hmm.